Hour two of the game. Hitting you the old ear sockets. Is it? Mitch Fortner. Yeah. David G. Ear sockets. Sage Williams. Yeah. That's medical. Yeah. Hour two uh, warm-up question. Would you guys think less of me if I told you that I'm kind of hooked on the show Love is Blind? I'm on not Netflix? Ju- I, I went through it. I've already I've been through two seasons. What is it? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So, you don't know Love is Blind? Random oh. guys, random gals... Like, they basically date each other in these pods, but they don't see each other until they agree to get married. Like, it's super quick and super cheesy, but for some reason, you, anybody can just get wrapped up in it. It's well, it's so, it's a dumb, like, it's the dumbest show I've ever watched. It sounds like it's kind of like uh, the 90 Day Fiance fad. Oh, but this like- is like 20 days. Yeah. And they're like proposing. Yeah. And they're like, and I, I love you. You're like my best friend. I've never really opened up to anybody like you. That's the that's the line is, you know, I, I'm, I don't really trust people and I don't really let people in. But for some reason, I just feel like I can let my guard down with you. I know I've known you for three <laughs> hours, but I feel like I can let my guard down with you. Now, shut up. Nobody's. That's pretty much it. It is. It's like that's the show. And then after they choose each other, they like see each other for the first time in this big reveal, and sometimes it goes bad. Yeah, sometimes it does go bad. Well, I was gonna say, what happens when they don't choose each other? Well, then they go on like vacation with each other. That's when you really get to know each other. Also, of course, reality TV. Everybody's gorgeous. You know what I mean? Like everybody's good looking. So you never go, oh no. You know, you you don't get stuck with somebody. That you're like, oh, God, like all these people are good looking. Every one of them. It just stinks. Because I want to see somebody get hooked up with an ugly person. <laughs> if I can make a suggestion, though, to anybody, uh, shout out to Chris Brown from K-State Baseball that brought my attention to the show, and that is Murderville Yeah. on Netflix. So like, it's hosted by Will Arnett, and he's trying to solve a murder. And his partner every episode is a different celebrity guest. And the for the guests, they don't have a script, but the whole show is kind of scripted-ish, but there's a lot of improv involved. But the uh, guest doesn't know what's coming. That sounds amazing. And then that guest has to determine who committed this murder. Oh, my it's God. It's an amazing show. That sounds Marshawn so Lynch is on one of those episodes, and it might be the best one. <laughs> like, he's, so, he's so funny. He's funny. He is so funny. Uh, okay, so clearly the big news of the day. I've been saying that all episode, I think. The big news of the day. Big news. That's uh, um, Khalil Mack traded to the. Ch- oh, you mean the Bru- yeah brew stuff? Yeah. Well, I was also going to bring up as well. I was on Snapchat earlier today, and I see Sports Center pop up with the cover of Patrick Mahomes asking for a trade. Wait, what? I was like, come on. No way. I would not find out about that first from Snapchat. <laughs> That's not going to happen. It's a so I was new like, world. I was like, all right, he's probably had enough of his family getting torn up by Chiefs fans. Yeah, you know. I, well, isn't he getting married this weekend? Maybe. I don't so know. maybe he wanted to trade, um, you know, suits with somebody. Say no, trade weekends with the Chiefs. Hey, I can't be with you, uh, but I can join you next week. Absolutely. This week I'm off, baby. I'm getting married. Uh, before we well, let's jump back into Bruce over with this five three seven thirteen fifty. Feel free to call in if you have something to say about Coach Weber, uh, his departure, the future of the program. Let's go to Charles. What's up, Charles? Hey, Mitch. Long time no talk. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I his his comments about social media. I come up with at least seven situations in the Big Twelve that are worse than what 
that I think are worse than what's been going on with K-State. Uh, how the Oklahoma State fans treat Spencer Sanders. Uh, how they forced Desmond Jackson to leave the program there after the fourth down play in the Big 12 championship game. The I situation with Chris, with Chris Beard in Texas Tech. Oh, of course. I mean, that's been incredibly toxic. Anything having to do with Texas football. <laughs> Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler. And how about how the KU fans have talked about David McCormick this year? Oof. And he hasn't been I that mean, bad. Those are all... Those are all really bad. Dude, Charles, you're dropping some knowledge, man. I mean, really, well, you go down the list, and that is worse. It just adds to my point. Like, I, I, I totally agree, Charles, and I'm glad to have you back on the show, man. It's been a long time. Charles from Omega, by the way. Oh, nice. Um, and um, it, it just goes to my point that, like, to me, like, I'm not a fan of social media. It is toxic, um, and it can get really out of hand. It's a lot of negative um, of course, it you know spreads a lot of misinformation, and so yeah, I mean, it, it just it, to me, it's another piece of the puzzle when it comes to and I'm I, I can totally see yes, there's a lot worse situations out there, but when there's a lot of negativity towards one person, yeah, of course it builds up. You have anything else, Charles? Uh, my two names for the head coaching job. Go ahead. The two, two guys I've definitely talked to: Randy Bennett of St. Mary's. Uh, you know, he's one and out, and out of way, uh, St. Mary's, about 40 miles away from San Francisco. And, you know, he's one with a bunch of Australians and a <laughs> bunch of Russians. Uh, and then uh, the guy that Fran Fraschilla has been bringing up forever, Jerome Tang, the assistant coach at Baylor. The uh, coach from St. Mary's, what did you say his name is again? Randy Bennett. Randy Bennett. That is a name that I haven't seen on any lists. Yeah. And there's been lists well, out there for weeks. I know it, but I mean, I'm, you know, I, I've I've heard the the two main names that I keep on hearing, of course, are uh, Brad Underwood and Tim Jankovic. Sure. But uh, you know, I'm thinking outside the box. Randy Bennett, uh, you know, he he has been. They are an NCAA contender every year there at St. Mary's. They are, and you, yeah, you don't want to see them in the tournament. You but don't of course, want your name next to theirs in a bracket. Of course, at all. always second fiddle to Gonzaga, right? Yeah, and you know, actually, they they're technically third fiddle because BYU is a and way BYU. bigger program than they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, so he's used to doing more with less than a lot of coaches are. Hmm. And uh, like I said, uh, Fran Fraschilla talks about Jerome Tang, the assistant at Baylor, all the time. Uh, he's 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 an assistant coach I would look at. Nice. Uh, you know, there's there's you know, with what Baylor's done now the last three years, people forget they were the third best team in the country two years ago. Yeah. So this is a three year run for him. For it's the, not just Scott Drew. Yeah. Uh, so Jerome Tang's an assistant I would look at. Well, for those that have been maybe listening to the show, haven't been listening too long, Charles Fromigo used to call in all the time. Hadn't heard from you lately, and you're one opinion that I do really respect. So I wanted to run a name by you here. Uh, have you heard of Grant McCaslin from North Texas? Yeah. Uh, they upset Purdue in the first round last year, didn't they? Correct. Right. Now, that is, a like, if you put Brad Underwood number one, Grant McCaslin would probably come in at number two on most lists. And he is he would be number two 
on Milas and how he was able to turn around Arkansas State in one year, and then he goes to North Texas and turns that around and is going to NCAA tournament games. He is uh, He's had, like, Emoja Gibson, for an example, who's now at Oklahoma and just tore up K-State in K-State's last home game. He was playing for McCasland before going to Oklahoma. Ryan uh, Woldridge from Gonzaga was playing for him, and he did very well, and there's a player out of South Carolina that was playing for North Texas at first, and he's also really he's young. He's forty five years old. Um, that could he he might be like the head candidate when it comes to those that maybe at a mid major looking to way, work their way up to a power five. And he he I I would just check him out. He he's probably the okay, top of my listener than Brad Underwood. Okay, well I I, I haven't followed Conference USA at all because Conference USA is uh, <laughs> they're nothing what they used to be. Uh, you know, it's, that's, I guess a, a, a good comparison uh, for him would be Texas Tech hired Chris Beard from Arkansas Little Rock, or uh, technically UNLV, but he never coached at UNLV. Right. So uh, that's sort of what you're looking to do is replicate the success they had with Chris Beard. So, you know, it's possible. I'll uh, look at him. Charles, good talking to you, Mitch. Charles, are you doing good? Oh, I'm doing okay. Okay. Uh, it's It's... It's been weird. I, the last time I talked to you would have been uh, would have been about a month after the pandemic hit. Yeah, it, uh, it, nearly knew, two years ago. I knew it'd been a while, but uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. Yeah, call more whatever. often, dude. Well, hey, call uh, more often. I, uh, well, I've been I've been uh, listening more. Uh, uh, glad you got the job, and uh, I think you. you're doing a good job. And hey. Uh, I like Troy. He likes country music and George Strait, so that's an improvement too. Well, well actually, why? Why it's the one that likes George Strait? And we're tra- oh, I thought Troy. Well, huh. Troy likes confused, Troy really likes all kind of music, but he's old school like I am when it comes to music. Um, he, he's very knowledgeable for sure. He and he's also a big sports nerd. Big biggest nerd I've, I've maybe ever <laughs> met, other than a former program director here in Eric Stone. Those two are the biggest nerds I've ever met. When it comes to sports, but like like I said earlier, Charles, don't be a stranger, and I appreciate the phone call. Good talking to you guys. Yeah, hey, you too. Uh, while we're at it, like I, I do want to run through a, uh, some other names here. We'll just kind of uh, flip flop the segments here because I wanted to play Gene Taylor. We'll get to that after the break. But there are a couple of more names I did want to throw out there. Nico Medved is another one out of Colorado State who's doing an excellent job this season. He has an NCAA tournament team with him out of the Mountain West. He's had three consecutive twenty one seasons. Um, now, when it comes to postseason experience, really doesn't have much. He's gone to the CIT a couple of times with some former schools, but he's also missed out on those with those schools going to the NCAA or the NIT. But uh, that that's like one of those. I don't want to use the word cheap, but it is like you know, mid major guy working his way up. Like that does fit the category of what in the past K State has found in coaches. Actually, they kind of think of that with like. Chris Kleiman, sure. you know, going from North Dakota State to K-State. Like, we're looking at that kind of guy. But K-State getting a mid-major, like, isn't the worst-case scenario. Who I brought up was Grant Castland. I think he would be a phenomenal coach. But, of course, the guy at the top of the list is Brad Underwood. I, I did want to mention, uh, as uh, Charles brought up, uh, Jerome Tang. So he's a guy that's been with Scott Drew since Scott Drew went to Baylor, and that was in 2003. So they have built this program – to what they are now, winning Big 12s and winning a national championship, they've done that together. So if you want a guy that can has been a part of rebuilding a Power 5 Big 12 program, you have Jerome Tang. Uh, 
Other than that, I don't know if I really know a whole lot about him. Another uh, assistant coach that's been thrown out there is Eric Pastrana. Um, I don't know if there's any relation to Travis. I, I knew you were thinking that. I knew you were thinking that, but that'd be cool to have a guy with the last name Pastrana. <laughs> so he actually has a tie to K-State. He was a grad assistant with Frank Martin. He coached under Underwood at Stephen F. Austin. So he knows Manhattan. He knows K-State. He's also coached with Mike Boynton at Oklahoma State. And now he's at Florida. Wow. So there is a, another possibility. Matt McMahon from Murray State oh. has been thrown out there. Um, I, I don't know if he's had really the mo- most success taking over for Steve Prohm. Um, but 153 wins, three appearances in the NCAA tournament in the past seven years. So that's another option. There's a ton of names, as this is just day one of the men's basketball coaching search. Yeah. It's easy to just throw the names out there, but we all know, like, we know who the number one guy on our list is. Right. Brad Underwood. But it's going to take a lot of uh, moolah. (laughs) It's going to take more moolah than we're used to spending. Absolutely. To get him out of there and to keep him around. It's going to be a big thing. Keep in mind, folks, that buyout is $7 million. Yeah. And paying Bruce two and a half, you're probably going to have to tack on a – at least, at least a cool million dollars. You're going to have to ask Brad Underwood to take a pay cut. I mean, that's what it would take. But Brad Underwood has said before that K-State is the dream job. Oh, boy. He's from McPherson, played here, assistant coach here. He has said in the past he wanted to be a Wildcat. But also at the time, the administration felt it wasn't the time to cut ties with Coach Weber. I mean, the last time I heard dream job K-State Brad Underwood was the year after winning the Big 12. So it's been a minute. But if he's interested, hey, you put together that that old pitch, get some cash together, I could donate maybe a few shillings. You want 10 bucks, 20 bucks? If we need to start a GoFundMe, I think K-State fans will do whatever it takes. Absolutely. I got seven mil somewhere. You know those uh, those K-State folks that we got on a little bit for uh, saying some harsh things to the men's basketball program this last year? <laughs> yeah. We also need you to put together a, a few retweets, for, and let's, <laughs> let's get this cash going. And for every time you, add, you added – um, Coach Weber, that's ten dollars towards the fund. If you if you went <laughs> at Coach Weber thirty three times, you do the math, pal. All right, I did want to get to Gene Taylor. He said uh, quite a few things, uh, and I, I just want to play the audio. Interview with the uh, media earlier today, a press conference about the departure of Bruce Weber, him resigning, and also going after this coaching search. That's up next on the game. Some of you might remember this as the old theme song to Unsolved Mysteries, but this is now the theme song to the K-State Mids Basketball Coach Search. <laughs> I love this song because it used to be creepy. Robert Stack would walk out of the, the mist and go, Caitlin Mendoza was never found again, never heard from again. Her whereabouts are still unknown. If you know anything, call one 754 3262 That's 345-6-7-2-2. You remember that show? I do. Absolutely. Now, Did do you remember... Like uh, I didn't know his name. I didn't remember ah. who hosted, but uh, wasn't it William Shatner that hosted Rescue 911? Rescue 911. Now, you want to get a, a, you want to get a jam 
Look up the Rescue 911 theme song. It's kind of funky. See, that one I don't remember. Yeah, and Rescue 911 was cool as hell, man, because they're trying to be like Unsolved Mysteries, but you can't be like Robert Stack with the man, the myth, the legend, William Shatner. He's just too over the top and campy. It was a great show. I loved it. Both of them. I uh, just saw this on Twitter. I wanted to play it for you here. Uh, Brad Korn, he used to coach here under Bruce Weber, uh, had a comment to make at his press conference. He's now the head coach, of course, at Southeast Missouri. My coach. Not only did I play for him when he took over a struggling program, but I was fortunate enough to work for him the last four seasons at Kansas State. To be able to get to the BCS level has always been a dream of mine. And to win a Big 12 championship and to go to an Elite Eight and experience that with him is something I will never, ever forget and will cherish forever. To work alongside one of the most respected men in college basketball is something every young coach should aspire to do, and I do not take that lightly. He's ran his program with class, integrity, and to have the success that he has had gives me a lot of confidence that I can do the same here for SEMO basketball. So I'm pretty sure that was actually from his introductory press conference back in the day, but uh, th- that he tweeted that out, and he shared a comment like in, in his personal life and his with his children and grandchildren in Brad's basketball life. Bruce Weber has his fingerprints on SEMO basketball by coaching him to be a better coach, and uh, Bruce Weber is leaving behind a legacy. So uh, that's from Brad Korn, who tweeted that out, that video out from his introductory press conference. So that's nice. That, that's cool to share uh, with us because I've never seen that video before. Hmm. Uh, let's get to uh, Gene Taylor here. He actually met up with the media at a hotel in Kansas City. Figured the teams would have been back in Manhattan by now, but uh, I believe actually Bruce Weber also had his um, deal with the media this morning from Kansas City, but uh, I'm not for sure on that one. But, uh, you know, Gene Taylor now has the job of now hiring a new men's basketball coach. And according to the release from earlier today announcing that Bruce Weber is resigning, the search is already underway. But he was asked many questions about that and also Coach Weber resigning. So here's a big chunk of that press conference from earlier today with K-State Athletics Director Gene Taylor. As soon as I get that thing to stop playing. I always do this. Hey, can you get it going? Here we go. I fought for Tex Winter Drive. That's not it either. I do this all the time, and Sage is over there laughing at me. All right, serious this time. Here we go. Tell us, uh, last night, you know, Coach had the long answer at the end of the press conference. Um, then he resigned today. Can you give us a little idea of the timing, if he knew that was the end last night or if it was afterwards? You know, as we talked, you know, kind of throughout the year, really, and then uh, last night afterwards we talked, and I think I got a sense that he was ready to step away, and I appreciate how he's handled it. Uh, as you know, he's a classy, classy individual, and I've been fortunate to have him, so I know it was a tough decision to come to, and, and certainly appreciate how he's handled it. So you weren't surprised that this was his call? No, not really. Like I said, we knew what our expectations were uh, for both of us. We didn't quite meet those yet this year. Coach, what did you think coaches, about coaches, uh, what he said about the uh, uh, about the FBI investigation and the fact there hasn't been. I talked to another AD this morning, a Big 12 AD, who said, I think that that was spot on. Well, you know, it's frustrating for coaches, though, uh, particularly for coaches like Bruce that, you know, don't have situations or violations that they're being looked at. And, and it's frustrating for all of us in the business that it's taken this long uh, to come to some sort of conclusion. 
And we've actually talked about that with, within the NCA. We got to come up with some different enforcement, some different enforcement processes. I think it's going to be part of the reclassification stuff that we're talking about at this level. So I get his frustration and, um, you know, can't argue with anything he said. Gene, is there anything in particular you know that you'll be looking for in your next men's basketball coach? You know, I actually, uh, you know, you think about it all the time. There's a lot of good things that we do. And there's a lot of good things about Bruce Weber that, you know, are still very, very important for us as a program. And certainly all those characteristics are going to be, you know, I think we can, this program, and I told our players this morning, I said, the reason this job is attractive is because of what you guys have put together uh, as a team and as a, as a group of individuals. And, and so I think we'll get some great candidates, whether it's a sitting head coach or a top assistant. I think we're going to look at all of those and, and see what's out there and, uh, and express the interest. And we're going to start moving right away. Uh, we're not, we're not going to waste any time, and we're going to try to start talking to people as soon as we can. The, the press release said the terms of his contract will be uh, fulfilled. Does that mean the buyout or the full? Yeah, it's uh, you know the million dollars that mm-hmm. that'll still be upheld, and then we'll. You know he'll be on you know kind of administrative leave or whatever you want to call it until the end of until the end of April and so then at that point we'll do the buyout and all the other things that come with it and you know he's worried about the assistance I understand that uh, we're going to send him the final four and do all the things we can for them until their contracts run out. How should K State fans remember Bruce's tenure here? I think very fondly. I really do. I think uh, you know he for whatever reason you know Bruce just wasn't enamored by the fan base just didn't you know hugging right out of the gate from day one and he's done nothing but do it the right way he's a classy guy like i said he treats our athletes tremendously well and he's been very successful and i think that's what they should remember is a big eight run a couple of big 12 championships and a program that's run clean financially are you guys in a position where you can spend as much or as little money as you want on this next coach? <laughs> i wish we could spend as much but no we can't uh, but i think you know we need to be competitive and and as you know, all of our salaries are typically not at the highest of the Big 12, but you know, if we want to get the best candidate, we need to do, put a package together that can attract the best candidate. And you know, there may be candidates out there that, that you know, we don't have to pay the top dollar, but we can grow into that depending on how the success they have. But you know, we're going to be within reason and within our budget, but also be make sure we're in a position to, to be competitive from a salary perspective. You mentioned uh, that maybe he wasn't welcome with open arms open arm right at the beginning. You weren't here then. Um, he mentioned today on the Zoom about social media being rough, uh, the fans are tough at K-State, and uh, he also talked about recruiting, getting kids to come to, to Manhattan. What are your thoughts about those things, first the social media part of it and kind of dealing with that, and then the, the part, uh, can, can you recruit at the highest level in Manhattan? Oh, I think you can. There's no question. I mean, that's with our facilities and our fan base. You know, I, I was just telling our staff last night, Casey was sitting next to me, you know, we made that run at the end and the fans stood up and went crazy. You know, they were loud. And there were, you know, it was mainly purple. And so I said, think about that. We're a team with 14 wins. What imagine we're going to be if you have 20 and 21. And, you know, so the fan base is, is loyal and, and they certainly are supportive. And like I said, um, you know, sometimes Bruce isn't treated with the love and respect that he deserves uh, by some fans. And it's not all of them. I mean, it's, it's your typical, you know, some people on Twitter that, that just have an opinion that they always express it. And that's not, some, in some cases, not been fair, but the majority of our fan base, a great majority of our fan base are, are really great fans and they're really loyal. And it's certainly, we, we support us at a high level. Basketball is a little bit different than football this time of year. You guys are focused on the NCAA tournament, maybe not so willing to talk like football <coughs> games. How will you kind of navigate that as you move forward? 
Well, we'll do it as best we can and be respectful. But I think, you know, with the world of Zoom, you can probably get a couple of things set up and not really impact. You know, as you know, there's a lot of dead time between tournaments. And even while they're at a tournament, there's a lot of quiet time. So I think if we can, like I said, get moving here in the next day or so, we'll, we'll have a chance to talk to people before, um, you know, before they get too deep into their postseason. Do so. you have a timeline in your mind at all or not yet? Not really, uh, Wyatt. Uh, it, you know, it's just going to be kind of. Right now, we're putting feelers out to candidates to see what their interest is, and once we get that interest back, then we'll start putting together a timeline. But you know, I'd like to not get to the final four with, you know, as I said to some, I don't want to go to the final four with a coaching position in my back pocket. That's like the worst thing you can do. So if we can get it before then, that'd be great. With the, with the transfer portal, or, or this is going to be just yeah, we do have a search firm that we're working with. Who is that? It's a turnkey associates, um, and we they, the individual that's doing it helped us with the football search. Have you already had candidates reach out to you during the process? <laughs> Not candidates, but somehow agents get numbers, and I've already had a couple of text okay. messages. So. Is there a member on the current staff that you can use a, as a conduit to the players to uh, voice? Yeah, I think there's a couple. Obviously, you know, those guys have been there, and they've been around. The, I think all the coaches we need to, you know, talk to and visit with and say, hey, help us with the. And they're also looking. they got to, you know, find their opportunities too. So we didn't talk too much today to any of the staff in great length. When I get back to Manhattan, I'll probably sit down with them and have some more of those conversations and just say, guys, we got to keep this group together as long as we can and we'll help you, you know, as you look for other opportunities. What can state connections matter to you just, just in terms of consideration? You know, I think just understanding who we are as a culture and who we are as a program is going to be important. But, you know, in the world of today, with everything being so out there, whether it's social media or just access, I think just an understanding is more important. I don't think they have to be from the Midwest or they have to be a Kansas State, but certainly if there's people out there, that's, that doesn't hurt. And you promise that candidate list now? Yeah, the candidate list. Yeah, yeah. I'll get that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd start off with a little yeah, light. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Will you name an interim in the meantime? You know, um, good question. And I haven't, we've thought about that, but I may do that and just kind of see how things are flowing within, you know, when we get back to Manhattan and just see, you know, if, if coaches aren't around and we need to have that connection, I may say, hey, I need you to be kind of the interim. Yeah. If, if everybody's still around and still kind of, communicating and, and, and helpful, then we may not do that. But I, it may be something I'll do down the road. I don't want to read too much between the lines, but it sounds to me like the guys on your staff now maybe aren't head coaching candidates for this job. I would say they're not quite ready yet. That's correct. To add to the guys, and once again, that was Gene Taylor, athletic director of K-State, speaking to the media earlier today in Kansas City. I, I suppose to add to that, you know, maybe the adding a, adding a interim tag to a certain individual on this coaching staff maybe is the most necessary thing to do. I suppose you could. But at the same time, if you think about it this way, yeah, right now I suppose you might look at them at trying to talk those guys into staying at K State. But I don't know if I would personally want to as a as a coach that right now would maybe be looking for another job somewhere else. It's it's really up to those players at this point. It's up to the individual player if they do want to stick around or not uh, for the next head coach. When I'm sure some will and and some won't. But that's a uh, maybe a discussion for another day. It might get a little bit messy and it might not. It's Totally up in the air what could potentially take place. We've seen it already twice with a coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, the team's been blown up and built back up twice now. What's it any different with a new guy? It, it shouldn't be like a shocker or a, a something that we're not 
used to. We've seen him before. I do All love right. Gene saying there that uh, I think we need to be aggressive. I like it. I, I liked that a lot. I absolutely get competitive. I know, I mean, if you read between the lines, you can maybe imagine who you might be in reference to when you say Whoa. being aggressive because the one you got, out of everybody I mentioned there, the aggressive part is the guy that's about to make $4.5 million at Illinois. And like I mentioned in the previous segment, who will, if you want your dream job, you have to take a pay cut. But I do like being aggressive with maybe trying to talk him into coming over. I don't know. That's just my two cents about that and what that could potentially mean. I do like the aggressive part, but uh, there's only one name I see in there about the aggressive part. I don't know if you're going to really see a whole lot of head coaching vacancies open up at the Power 5 level this year. I, yeah. It, it, very few. I don't think there will be a whole lot, especially in the Big 12. Right. I think this will probably be the only one. Uh, most likely, I would imagine so. Uh, there might be a shocker in there, but this was the only predictable one. Yeah. If you know it, what I mean? Yeah. It, it, like, if you really look around the conference, Texas is not getting rid of Beard. They're not getting rid of Adams at Texas Tech. Sure. I mean, Baylor, KU, set Iowa State, they like him too. Oklahoma's going to be year two, Porter Mosier. Um, Mike Boynton at Oklahoma State. I mean, you're coming man. off a, a year that I mean, you finished, what, seventh in the Big 12? I think that's right. Um, and you weren't eligible for postseason play. I mean, they're looking to really do a lot better yeah. moving forward, of course. Sure. And I think you got to give him some, just want to give him a couple seasons. That team, besides like Baylor and KU, they're super athletic, man. They Dixon are so athletic. At TCU, I mean, they just pulled off a win over Texas in the first round, or <laughs> second round technically. They are rolling. Yeah, there's this, this, this will most likely be the only vacancy unless something crazy happens. But yeah. I just, I mean, around the Power Fives and around college basketball, I think this is the, one of the big ones for sure. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't suppose you have to get too aggressive with the mid majors. No. Um, what about Patino? I keep seeing Rick, Rick Patino's not coming. No. Not we're not going to hire him. Same with Chris Mack. None of the list. We're not, we're, they're not going to hire Chris Mack. No. He was, he's, he was embroiled in one of the biggest scandals, um, besides like the Adidas stuff. I mean, him with Dino uh, Guadia, I think is his name. Um, that was a horrible situation. We're not going to get in the middle of that. No way. All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll get back to the uh, the classics. Number one song of the day is up next. So little? Shifting to a system based on primary care can help fix the problem. Patients with a primary care doctor live longer, healthier lives and are less likely to suffer from cancer, heart disease, or stroke. Primary care that is comprehensive and coordinated also saves money. Patients who have a primary care doctor spend 30% less on health care than patients who don't. States with a high number of primary care doctors have lower health care costs and higher quality care. Primary care can help make America healthy again. To learn more about the benefits of primary care, visit www.healthisprimary.org. This message is brought to you by America's Family Physicians. Now we'll take a look at your weather. Currently 24 degrees and overcast. Over tonight, we'll see more cloudy skies with a low around 14. Then tomorrow, mostly cloudy, gradually clearing over your day with a high near 34. Winds could gust as high as 25 miles per hour. Tomorrow night, mostly clear skies with a low around 3. And on Saturday, getting into your weekend, we'll see sunny skies with a high near 41. Winds gusting around 20 miles per hour. We're back to the game here on KMAN. 
ready for action. Nip it in the bud, we never relaxing. Outcast is everlasting. Not clashing, not at all. But see, my n went to do a little acting. Now that's for anyone asking. Give me one and pass them. Drip, drip, drop. There it goes, an orgasm. Now you coming out the side of your face. We tapping right into your memory bank. Thanks. So click at the ticket. Let's see your seatbelt fastened. Trunk rattling. Like two it's not my favorite Outcast song. Speaker box, vibrate the tag. Make your favorite? Like it's not. Ah, good for you. It's a banger. For, for sure, and it won him. I mean, it helped win him a Grammy. But I, I think Outkast is the greatest group of all time. I love them. Really, I love them more like, than anything. Like rap, hip hop duo. Is that what you're talking about, any, or just in any genre of music? You think Outkast is the best of all time? Ever. That is a statement. Ever. Of better, all been, time ever. better than the Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> ah, slightly. Just, 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 just there. Just slightly. Uh, uh, I, I love them. From 2004, The Way You Move by Outkast, featuring Sleepy Brown, one week at number one. Outkast, American hip-hop duo, formed in 92 in East Point, Georgia. Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Duo that uh, critical acclaim, commercial success, mid-90s and early 2000s is where they were big. And the duo is one of the most successful hip-hop groups of all time, selling over 25 million records. Rolling Stone ranked them number seven on its list of the two of the 20 greatest duos of all time. Yin Yang Twins number five. No, I'm just kidding. I was I, I, I believed you. Because the Rolling Stone, man. I'm not sure who they had number one. I'm, I would guess Simon Oates. Simon Garfunkel. Simon Garfunkel might might be up there. Well, now I'm curious. As I continue to look here. Um, now Rolling Rolling Stone likes to be, you know. On their own when it comes to the list. They like to be different. They got nothing. I'll tell you what. Um, shout out to Paul Dunn. He was a former uh, offensive line coach here at K-State. Um, his daughter was dating a good buddy of mine, and he took a job at Kentucky. So uh, my friends and I, we drove from Manhattan to Lexington, Kentucky, the day that this album came out, and we just listened to it all the way through. It was amazing. And then we watched uh, Jared Lorenzen in Kentucky. Beat, they were beating Florida for three and three-quarter quarters and lost the game at the very end, and it was the saddest stadium I've ever been in in my life. It, they were distraught. It was what, what game was that? It was Kentucky-Florida. Okay. And there's a history there, I guess, that Kentucky has dropped a lot of close games to Florida, and this was they were good. They were really good. And, uh, yeah, they lost, and the paper was just – the newspaper the next day, people were really upset. Uh, Rolling Stone has the Everly Brothers as a top duo. <laughs> Ike and Tina Turner would be second. Yeah, that's, that's a good comment. Simon and Garfunkel third. The Leuven Brothers? Oh. Eric, yeah, this is a mess. I don't agree <laughs> with any. Wouldn't you? Outcast number seven. They're ahead of Richard and Linda Thompson. Yeah, well, when you think of popular duos, the Everly Brothers pops up right away. I mean, away. They're, they're, you know, they're kind of big. What do they have? You the, don't know the Everly Brothers. Everly, Ever, Everly Brothers songs? Uh, oh, yeah. Come um, on. Uh, you, the you, Copacabana. <laughs> the Everly Brothers. Call, me, call us up, Everly Brothers. You suck. 
<laughs> you ain't no outcast, I'll tell you that much, Everly Brothers. You wish you were the out. You wish you were outcast. You guys are terrible. The one song. Dream. Oh, my dream, dream. God. Oh. Other than that, I don't know if I can name another song. Man, that uh, Sage. I mean, uh, what is it? Wake me up, little Susie. That's a pretty like. Wake me up, little Susie. <laughs> I gotta go to the library. Shut up, Everly Bros. You guys stink. All right, more on Outcast. More on the way. You move from the album Speaker Box, The Love Below. Mm-hmm. Big Boy was on Speaker Box. Yep. And then you had Andre Three Thousand on the love, the love below. Uh, so did you know, actually, that the way you move... I'm flustered right now. I've completely lost my place, but I do know. I don't have to look at it. So, Hey Ya was at number one for many weeks, but this song replaced that uh-huh. at number one. And the way you move at the time set the record for the longest time at number two on the list because they're still trying to beat... That song was still trying to beat Hey Ya. And it spent eight weeks at number two wow. before going to number one for one week. Wow. This was the 900th number one song of the Billboard Hot 100. And it was named the 22nd most successful song of the 2000s, according to the Hot 100 of the decade. Wow. All right. Good for them. Then they, they won the Grammy for best group, best album, first uh, R&B, or first hip-hop group to win that. Did you know that? No. Mitch... Hey, uh, ask us anything. The Everly Brothers, would you punch him in the head if you could? Uh, no, I'm sorry. For how much money? Uh, $33,000. Would you punch the Everly Brothers as they are now? You know, they're older guys. Are they still alive? No. Probably skeletons. Well, now I need a look. Uh, Sage, what makes, what has to be in a junk drawer to be in a 74 yeah, they're both gone. and 84. Yeah. They, oh, no. R.I.P. Everly Brothers. I still think you stink. Um, what has to be in a junk drawer to have it be a proper junk drawer? I mean, what, like paper clips, twisty ties, uh-huh, sticky uh-huh. notes. Oh, Screws. Yeah. Yeah. Nail. Different ones, though. You got wood screw, you got a concrete screw, you got all kinds of drywall. But only one. You can only have like one stray screw. If you have a set, take it out of there. Uh, For me, it's many, many different chargers to things that I have long thrown away. Cords. Uh, Let's see, what else would it be? Batteries? Oh, yeah. Like loose batteries. Loose batteries. Some work, some don't. But I was always... I was always told that you can't throw away batteries in like a traditional way, like in the trash. Like you gotta like Why? recycle them because they got acid in them, and you're not supposed to do it. These aren't car batteries, right? That's what I said. But uh, you know, hey man, let's save the environment, guys. How do you think you do on the show, naked and afraid? <laughs> and also, what was the one thing you would bring with you on naked and afraid? I the flint for me, man. I got to get that flint on, bruh. Well, sure. Uh, how would I do on Naked and Afraid? How long do you have to last out there? 28 days. Man, I'd be bitten by a snake by that time. Yeah, but that's just survivor time at that point. Like, 
Listen. <laughs> They sh- I know on Survivor they like show shots of snakes slithering yeah. around. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. But they never get close to nah. camp. I've only seen one episode where a snake was actually in their camp. And everybody freaked um, out. Well, you think and about- they also wear clothes. Yeah. So. That's true. You think about season three when they went to Africa and there's just lions yeah, howling be, outside that's their camp. Terrifying. I do remember they had to have like, they had to live in actually like a cocoon of thorn bushes. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine waking up all of a sudden on that one. Oof. Um, for Naked and Afraid, I would go walk barefoot for three seconds and be like, I'm done, man. I can't yeah, I'm not a it. fan of that. Can't do it. Last one, gang. Also, people looking at my butt. Junk. Like, you couldn't blur it out, creeps. <laughs> hey, there's bitch's butt. Oh, nice. Uh, all overall, get it off your chest. What is it right now that's just grinding your gears? Do you have a beef with something or someone right now that you want to get off your chest? I have Dave Lewis taken off, man. He, uh, I'm, I'm sick of it. I don't like it. I'm not going to have anybody to talk to now when I do the morning show. Shout out to Dave. You got one? Garbage people not picking uh, it up on time. Whoa, dude, you better you better you can watch it. When it's time to get back on board, you need to feel safe and secure. From check-in to baggage claim, you'll find more sanitation stations, social distancing, and other flyer-friendly measures to make your next trip.